All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast with me, Connor Warman. My guest today is Jess Snap. Snap is a friend of mine who I've gotten to know better during my time here at CrossFit Roots. Snap is a former gym, gymnast and dancer who left the corporate world to become a trainer. She found CrossFit a few years ago and has been hooked on it ever since. She's a master's competitor who likes to call herself a legends competitor, but I don't think she's earned that title quite yet. I work with the real CrossFit Roots legends, and she definitely has not earned the title. Anyway, jokes aside, I had a great conversation with Snap. We talked about a lot of things, and I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. What's up, Snap? Hey, hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. That's probably my 12th coffee of the day. Is that your whole diet so far? Yes. No food? Just no. black coffee? Nope. I got a beer in front of me. It's <laughs> almost 1 p.m., so I, I would say you're getting me in my natural element. Okay. You like to kick back around 1. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not usually. Just depends on the day. But um, So we're here at your house in your garage. Yeah. This is where you grew up, you said. This is where, yeah, I grew up, and uh, my my dad grew up here, oh, and wow. uh, his mom lived, well, she visited during the summers when she was started about 10 or 11 years old. She lived in Denver, and she came up here and stayed with her aunt and uncle for the summers, and mm. then eventually this land became hers, and then it became my dad's, and... I'm living here, but I don't own it. Gotcha. Well, you were hard to track down. This took a while to coordinate. You professional athletes, it's oh, hard. Yeah. You got to go through agents oh. and shit and <laughs> do all <laughs> totally pre-approved questions, you know. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. It's a hard life. <laughs> so you were just at a competition. What was that, and how did it go? Yeah, I went to the Masters Fitness Collective, which um, – like a bigger I would say masters I don't know here's the thing is I'm still new enough to CrossFit that I don't actually even really know but in Mm. my experience and understanding of stuff I think the Masters Fitness Collective is probably a bigger of the competitions for masters athletes it's geared for masters only and that one and the legends competition that um I did that one with Sarah Hopping last Mm. December why is it upside down well so they drape it over like your Oh, lane gotcha. so board it's both sides. so that yeah whether you're on one side or the other side of the lanes you gotcha. can see what name yeah so that's why that's kind of a stupid misleading name though legends like that i know the real <sighs> legends i know and you know it i'm makes friends me... with them and that's <laughs> not them yeah i know it is it's interesting that they they have the same because <laughs> like the rogue invitational did you just watch that at all i mean i followed it a little yeah, bit yeah and they have the the all the old I don't guys really watch pro- professional crossfit no it's not no, exciting you don't like watching really. exercise when you're not watching people exercise not really I, I've ne- I don't know it's just not that entertaining to me it's cool like I appreciate I have a deep appreciation right. for what they're doing I but get it I mean I fast forward a little yeah even myself just final, go to the final heat well yeah and like you know unless you heard about some kind of drama in one of the heats mm. like you know once you're watching people do burpee box jump overs it doesn't go you know I thought the thing they did was cool. It wasn't like bar muscle ups on like a log or something. Yeah. That, that I actually crazy. did watch a little bit more of because I was trying to figure out how they were holding on and you know, what that. Were they really struggling with it? I didn't. Really a lot of them. It. Well, the women right off the bat were all singles mm. and the men could string some together, but the last set of 20, they 
were it was they were breaking down. It was a yeah. good challenge for them. It's super cool though. It's like like when you were a kid, like climbing a tree kind of thing. Yeah, you have or, to figure out a different grip for sure. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I think yeah. it's cool when they like find creative ways like that. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like nowadays job. anyone can knock out twenty bar muscle ups. Like, yeah, anyone, just like you. Yeah, no, no, like anyone at that <laughs> level. <laughs> like it's yeah. like, oh, that's cool, yeah. but like, it's just the the competition, like the level of play has just gone up so much. Oh, in the I last, know. Like five six years. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the masters athletes that I compete against are, they're just so strong, and I mean, obviously they've been doing it a lot longer than I have, but. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the girl that I tied with at the Masters Fitness Collective, well, I didn't actually tie with her. I tied with her on the leaderboard, but I took fourth because she won the tie break. Mm. But she was so strong. I mean, she was probably hinging on, on Sarah hopping strong. I oh, mean, really? She was snatching. Her barbell had 30 pounds more than mine. Mm. And, you know, it was not that. I mean, she was doing it under high heart rate and, yeah. you know, and power snatching it. Yeah. And there was one event that we were right neck and neck doing uh, thrusters at 115 and I was ahead of her. I got to my bar way sooner than she did, but she came storming down (laughs) and picked it up and just like, it looked like it was 65 pounds in her on her. Yeah. So, um, they're just so strong. So I feel like what is, what are we going to see? You know, I think that's always the question. It's like, what are we going to see? But I've also had the thoughts of what are, you know do the people that start at 20 are they really going to still stay at that level at 35 are they you know are they gonna peter out and their heydays are over and they're just not going to be interested in competing by 40 and so then that sort of does open a door for somebody who might have walked in at 30 spent 10 years made it to 40 started competing then in the master's categories i don't know it seems like a hard sport to stay in for so long especially now like the trainings the lifestyle's hard for sure and I mean I I have bumps and bruises right now that I I just need to start being better and taking care of them better um because you know you can kind of shove it under the rug for a little bit but you know the nature of the beast is that we're all only getting older and you don't just bounce back easier so you know I just I had an MRI on my knee and I have a tear an oblique tear in my meniscus And then I have the, I think the more alarming thing that the MRI showed was that I have 50% thin, thinned cartilage in the anterior knee. Oh. Yeah. And it was, a, it's actively degrading. Huh. What happens I don't, when I'm that like, goes oh. out? Well, I'm pretty sure you cannot regenerate cartilage. Oh. I don't think that, right. I don't, I mean, I know that it doesn't regenerate on its own. I don't know if they've come up with some kind of, I don't know if something like PRP would help that. Um mm. I don't, I kind of don't think so. I think Kem could fix it. Yeah. He's into like some like sketchy witchcraft kind of doctor practices. <laughs> he knows voodoo, so he, he can fix my knee. Um, that and like I've got elbow tendonitis and it was getting a little bit better. And then I did Nate this morning and now yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't straighten my arm. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's like you get older and things just don't heal right up. Yeah. And I definitely can tell a difference even from when I started you know, three, what is it? Three, almost three and a half years ago. Mm. And I can already tell Mm. it's just not the same and it's, it's fine. I mean, it is what it is. You have to make adjustments, but you know, if I want to keep on pushing the weight and trying to get stronger and, and, you know, cycling through different, um, programs with that, I mean, it's like, 
I don't know if you feel like this, but when you up the volume of Olympic lifting, it's like mm. my bones hurt. Yeah. You know, like I wake up in the next day and I'm so stiff and I have to, it takes forever to get warmed up for the next round, you know? And, mm. um, I was doing the proven master's programming for a little while and I, I think they do a good job with the master's volume. Like you're still touching some of the heavy weights, but it's not crazy amounts of volume. And I think that might be sort of the only way you can approach that as mm. you get older. Yeah. It's like, you just can't do tons of volumes at the high percentages. Yeah. And it's hard cause you, you train so much and you have to eat so well. And like you just beat yourself up, you go into competition and like for some people, I feel like maybe it, if it doesn't go well, you just have to get to a point where you're like, it's been six years. Like, Am I going to do this again to myself? Totally. Am I going to keep going down this road? Something that I found interesting is like, I think probably I talked to three or four different women in my age group who do not just one of these competitions a year, but like they're doing Wadapalooza. Some of them are also doing Legends, which is in December. So they're going to turn around and compete for a whole nother weekend. And I mean, Legends was more volume than Mm. the Masters Fitness Collective. At least last year's programming was. And I, I would assume it's probably going to be something similar this year. Um, but they're going to turn around in two months, do it again or six weeks really, and have another weekend like that. And then, you know, then what is it? Another month, six weeks from there is Wadapalooza. And they're just, they go from one thing to the next. And that's like the main training almost. Yeah. Like you're no longer, you know, periodizing your whole year to get to a, a weekend. Yeah or whatnot you're Uh you're literally doing it every six weeks and so I'm like man I don't have good genetics like these people (laughs) must just be (laughs) right like if they're able to do this at this intensity every six weeks for our you know year after year so I don't know but they're out there and they just make their life Mm -hmm. of venturing around crossfitting must be a good life I mean it's expensive too I mean you're like paying we're all paying way more money to be there than yeah, right. Anyone that is, I don't think anyone's making any money, but even if they are, it's yeah. like nominal. It's not money mm-hmm. you're making. You're not living off of that money. Yeah. Did you do Wadapalooza? No, I have never, I have never been to Wadapalooza. Have you done the qualifier or anything? No, I haven't. Never? I haven't, no. But I mean, I, this is only three years in and I think the first two years, I wasn't even sure if I was actually capable, you know? You gotta spend some time building some confidence, right? Yeah, it's usually a good thing because <laughs> you don't want to lack confidence. Yeah, totally. In that, in just any area of life, not good. Well, yeah, it seems like the confident ones go further quicker. Yeah, but you know, you so. don't want to be an idiot either. Yeah. You know, there's there's the, there's the false confidence. Yeah. You know, you find those every once in a while. All the time. I see them every day in myself and others. Okay, so let's take it back. Tell me a little about your athletic background growing up and what you did when you were a kid. Yeah, so, I mean, early years was just a lot of running around here. Mm. In this same spot. In this same spot. Yep, my dad would take us on, like, army marches up this ditch line, Mm. the tree line. Army marches. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Is that a pig over there? A pig. I don't think so. Oh. Where are you looking? Uh, by the tree. No, that's probably a... What is that? <laughs> oh, it's definitely a pig. No, I mean, my grandparents have cattle. Oh. That might be a baby cow. Mm. You know, I'll be honest, I think I need to put my glasses on. <laughs> no, boy. <laughs> Let's talk about another <laughs> way you know you're old. There you go. 
Um, yeah, that's a cow. That's a mm. baby cow. Okay, not as exciting. Yeah. Not no, cool. not as cool as a pig. You're right. No. Pigs are cool. My grandma, this grandma over here, she lived in California when we were little and she had pigs. Mm. Um, so yeah, anyway, yeah, I uh, ran around here and then I did gymnastics a little bit when I was pretty young, like four or five with my brothers and then my oldest brother wanted to quit. We were all really close in age and so it was sort of like one of those whatever one did, we all did. And so when he stopped, we all stopped. And then sometime around, you're too young to remember this, but in 1996 when... Um, That's when I was born. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great year. Good so time. that year, the um, USA Gymnastics Women's Olympic team won gold mm. at the, on the, in, the, in the team division for the first time in the history of Olympics gymnastics. And uh, I was like so inspired watching that on my couch. And so all I wanted was to do gymnastics at that time. And um, so my mom signed me up and I started doing it. And I was a lot late. That was a lot like later of a start for most gymnasts to do it from three onward, right? Don't you peak when you're like in your teens? Or oh, something? yeah. I mean, it's actually, I would say, getting slightly later. Like there's some mm. really high level gymnastics going on in the college arena mm. these days. Um, and a lot more gymnasts are making like the college elite, like they're intertwining that and doing both. And that never existed before. College gymnastics, when I was a gymnast, still it wasn't really like that mm. established, I would say. Yeah. It was there, but it wasn't like, it just wasn't like an avenue that you thought you would do for the most part. I think I, I, I competed with two girls who went on and did it in college. But um, so I did that and I like found like early success, if you will, I wanted it. Like I wanted to always be training and wanting to always be working out or not working out, but um, doing gymnastics. And so I found some like early success doing it, or I, I should say maybe I like advanced quick. I'd, I never was, you know, going to go to the Olympics or anything like that, but um, I excelled quickly, let's say. And I had stress fractures in both wrists mm. and um, – at the same time, I was like turning 16 and having some freedom and my parents like always supported us doing whatever we wanted to do. But they, you know, they, no one ever sat me down and said, you know, you've invested a lot in this and like you could take it further if you really wanted to. Are you sure you want to quit? Like nobody ever really had that kind of mentor position for me. So I just decided when I was around 16 that like I'd kind of done what I wanted to do with gymnastics and gotten what I wanted out of that and I moved in in or not moved in moved on and did the tried out for the dance team at my high school mm. and I made it and nice. I had like best friends that had been doing it for a few years before that and they were always wanting me to do it so I did that and um boy is that a lot of drama mm. I could imagine. You know, so like in the gymnastics world, we were all came from different schools or a lot of us did. So we didn't really know each other socially at school. And so we just, it was gymnastics. We worked. And when I started doing dance on the dance team, it was like, we all went to school together. We saw each other. We had classes together, you know, blah, blah, you know, all the drama of high school. And I hated that. I just hated it. I thought it was so petty and I just didn't like it. I didn't like that at all. Um... So it was fun, but it was also kind of a pain in the butt for that. Anyway, so then after that, um, I graduated high school. I wanted to get out of Boulder because when you're from wherever you're from, 
You want to leave. You inevitably, yeah, think that there's other places that are going to be way better. And um, You know that. You don't think that. Yeah, yeah, you totally know it. <laughs> and so I um, applied to the University of Hawaii, of all places. Nice. And my parents were like, okay. And also, I was the first person in my – my mom did some classes at CU when she was – young but she never graduated mm. so I was really the only I was the first person in my family to go to college and oh yeah they so they didn't have like they nobody sat me down and said now think about what you like and yeah. what kind of programs you what would want to pursue do? nobody asked me any questions and I didn't ask myself any so I just was like <laughs> I want to go to the beach and I want to surf and I want to go have fun and I want to get as far away from my parents and my family and everything I've ever known where I go I know nobody yeah and um People thought I was crazy, but I didn't care. And so I moved to Hawaii and I went to the University of Hawaii and I only went there for a year. I had fun for sure. I did a lot of surfing and beach laying Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, I didn't get bad grades. Like I did, I did decent, but I wasn't trying that hard and I didn't like that feeling. Mm. So I decided that you know you're you are kind of stuck on an island in the middle of nowhere six hours away from you know the mainland and it sort of felt that way by the end of the year and so I transferred back to and asked or replied and got into CU Mm. and so I came back to to Boulder and went to to the University of Colorado and uh my junior year I saw a flyer for a dance team tryout on like a wall it was really random and I was like boom I'm gonna try and I made it. Mm. And so I danced for CU. Um, and then in 2007, I graduated. I graduated in journalism and mass communication. And I had a emphasis in Spanish, which looking back now, again, <laughs> makes no sense. Because <laughs> usually in journalism, you want to have some sort of emphasis that's going to help you in the journalism world. Like technology and arts where like you would be learning digital media and stuff like that or maybe you have an interest in whatever sports then you go into into Mm -hmm. sports broadcast or whatever but I randomly also really liked Spanish (laughs) so I didn't get a minor in it but I was pretty close a couple credits away from that Hmm. and I graduated in 2007 and I decided that I wanted to move to Costa Rica <laughs> and go to a Spanish language Wait, institute. So why did you come back from Hawaii? How could you come from Hawaii I back know. to Boulder? Oh, I know. Well, okay. So I didn't, I had friends. Is that the big island I, too? No, I lived on Oahu, like not far from Waikiki Beach. Oh, wait. And they have a campus on Oahu? Mm-hmm, there's two mm. different. Um, I'd like to live in Oahu. Yeah. You know, it was fun. It was great. I wouldn't take it back. Like. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, just doesn't it ocean. sound great just living on an island with not a lot of people? Well, there just are people, freaking. though. Like, that's the thing is Oahu, Honolulu is a big city. Mm. And um, I didn't have a car. It was expensive. Um, I had great friends. Like, I met a girl that was in my dorm from Boulder who went to a private school here called Alexander Dawson and I never knew her, but we knew some similar people. So when I was moving into the dorm, I was like, you're from Boulder. I'm like, what? I came here to know nobody and you're from my home. And I was like, you know, we had this moment of like, get out of here. And, um, so it turned out that indeed she was, and we knew each Mm -hmm. other and or we got to know each other and we knew a lot of similar people. So that was actually kind of fun. It was great. Um, 
But I don't know, you know, like I had friends, but I didn't have like a niche. Like when you go, she was a walk on at the so- on the, for the soccer team. Mm. So she like had a group of people that she was getting to know. It was easy for her. I think when you go to a big university, um, if you don't have that like area to blend into, if you don't have something smaller, a, a smaller subset of people, I should say, you kind of just get drowned in yeah. the big the big thing and so I didn't really feel like I had like a major place um there's a lot of kids that come from the other islands and that's like a big jump for them just to get to a different island and go to school um and they all got to know each other really well and we're all best friends and I I don't know I just never felt like I had a super close group knit of people yeah um and I wasn't it wasn't like a, a bad experience it just I just didn't you know it just didn't happen and so I don't know. I just decided I wanted to come and be like a little bit more serious and do school and be more grounded, I guess. I don't know. So I came back. Um, But then only to graduate and want to go back to like a tropical or, you know, somewhere like that. I mean, who could blame (laughs) you? Yeah, I was great. I certainly can't. Um, So, yeah, I moved to to Costa Rica after college and I lived there for a year. Yeah. I'm sure you get this because you grew up in Boulder and you're back in Boulder. I'm just getting tired of winter. Ugh. I'm like, you know, I'm like the only person you are, I guess, apparently. But you came from somewhere else. I'm from here. Yeah. I don't like winter. Yeah. But I think winter's worse in Chicago. Well, of course. I know. I should be quiet. But I'm just like the cold. Like, I just have no interest. I know me either. I really like warm. I like sun. I like beach. I like sand. Yeah. I like the ocean. It's like endless. Lakes. You There's can no stare at here. the water and have deep thoughts, you know? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can go to the top of the mountains and have the same thing. Yeah, but then there's a, I just like, I'd take the water over the mountains, I think. I would too. And I here's another thing is like everybody loves skiing. And like, I get it. I've been skiing. I never, I didn't learn when I was, when I was young. My family, my grandpa, like, he builds everything and so he built boats and we water skied on like the reservoir mm-hmm. and then I have an aunt and uncle that live on a lake and so we've always had access to to lakes oh and water skiing yeah now water skiing. we're talking mm-hmm. yeah I know I thought you oh water yeah. Skier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I'm not really like I've done it but yeah. I like it better than snow skiing oh for sure it's warm the thing well, is it's right well I mean you're a little cold in the water you're out, yeah or like we used to go early in the morning so oh yeah get in it's like the water's like 60 degrees yeah get out and it's, it's yeah, get up and then you're going fast so just a chill on mm-hmm. you the whole time but wakes you right up wakes you right yeah, up yeah it gives you some dopamine rush there yeah. you go yeah um, the mountain skiing thing for me is like you get all bundled up you know <laughs> like you can't have an <laughs> ounce of skin showing yeah goggles and gaiters and hats and gloves and all the things and then you're supposed to go out and be like quick and agile yeah right and I'm like, no, I don't feel like quick and agile in this outfit. <laughs> and so, and also there's just a hundred million people like you're trying to dodge and trying to learn how to, what you're doing and mm-hmm. whatever. I get it. It's pretty. It's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure when you get, or if you learned when you were little, I'm sure it's really fun because it just comes with ease. Yeah. But I never had that feeling. Yeah. Water skiing's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So water much fun. Is good. Like the best, li- like a great life I think would be living somewhere in Florida, doing CrossFit in the mornings and then like having a little lake that you could just go ski on. It'd be awesome. Yeah. As long as there's That's not, a life for me. no alligators. They're fine. They're friendly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been a skiing a few times in Florida and it was actually <laughs> a concern because we would go on these solemn courses and ski the course and it's just a straight shot. And they drop you and then pick you, like drop you. 
pick you up and you go back through the course. So you were in the water hanging out for a bit? Yeah, and they drop you by like this like marshy, swampy part, and you're like, oh, well, there could be some gators here. Dang, <laughs> the first that time is I was so like, this dangerous. is scary. It's <laughs> um, things man. you do for your passions, you know? Yeah, I guess so. My um, sister in law is from Florida. Mm. And um, yeah, it's a great the gators, state. The gators great thing people, is real. great everything. <laughs> Uh, that's i'm being serious yeah i mean <laughs> great hurricanes yeah that's whatever <laughs> i shouldn't make i shouldn't say that we have snow i think that's worse uh, actually i shouldn't say that well we that's get snowed in fair. here i mean it's not yeah it's not too i mean often but mm. when you were young yeah it was hard to get out if you didn't have like a snow plow yeah i could see that coming down the driveway yeah hmm and that whole hill is on the north side, so it yeah. doesn't it doesn't melt. That's the south side, right? Well, sorry, like the it is the south side, but the hill slopes gotcha. to the north, and so I like, think that changes the compass. <laughs> no, but like when the sun is always, it doesn't melt as quickly on the north side of a hill. I still don't agree with you, but whatever. <laughs> well, build a house, and you'll. Start thinking of those things. That seems like a lot of work. <laughs> to, to understand snow melt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't need that. Too much other stuff going on to worry about that. Um, where were we? Uh, oh, Costa Rica. Yeah. That's where I cut you off. Yeah, I lived with a family in Costa Rica, and I learned to be fluent in Spanish. Oh, because that's what you want. You wanted something yeah, about it was just journalism like, and Spanish Yeah, or which like really both things, I have nothing yeah, to like do with either the, one of those. Do you want to go like right for the Mexico City Times? Right. Or what you, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I had no goals. Like I didn't know what I was yeah. going to do with any of it. I just had goals of like sounds like something I want to pursue and get good at. Mm -hmm. So like Spanish was one of those things. And so I pursued it and got good at it and spoke it pretty fluently. Mm. And that was that I can't and so I, I spent a year living there and good experience met a lot of interesting people and um came back came back like it was about 10 months I suppose so did you go there with the intention of doing exactly what you did yeah like I was just going to this like program that was a few oh, trimesters cool. yeah <clears throat> and uh lived with the family I did like a bunch of walking the streets and like introducing myself to random people who own shops along the way mm. and then like trying to talk to them. And then my assignments would be like, write, write what you talked about and questions. And that made me fluent. I mean, it mm. did. It worked well. It was good. Um, and then I moved back to Boulder and I got a job working in marketing for a tech company that was called Left Hand Networks. Dun, dun, dun. Uh -huh. This is the journey into the corporate mm -hmm. world. Here we go. Totally. So I did what I was thought I was supposed to do, you know, like go and get a corporate job and work nine to five in a cubicle and uh -huh. like I didn't know. And my <laughs> neither one of my parents do that. So like I didn't know what I was about to like yeah. I had no idea what it was going to be like. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I got a job. It's called Left Hand Networks. It, they, we, they were a company that sold storage area networks. And they eventually got bought by Hewlett Packard. Mm. And I was a field marketer, marketer. And so I would run marketing events for sales in like the Northeast. And so I would travel to different places and um, have little basically like lunch and learns mm. for all the people that like needed to buy storage for their small to medium sized business so that if something went down, they wouldn't lose all their data. Mm -hmm. Now it's all cloud technology. 
the cloud yeah. was coming into B, like right when I was getting out of that. So, um, he. I still Packard, don't know what the cloud is. Right. Like it's not a place. <laughs> like I don't know where it goes. I don't know. Yeah. And like, why does it? Why do I always have to buy more? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah, right. more. I need more space this, somewhere I don't you're know not exists. Even buying real where space. is this place? <laughs> I'm investing a lot of my money in this storage. Um. Yeah, I know, right? What is that? I don't know. Don't ask me because I, I worked in the business and I can't tell it's you. It's like buying land somewhere and like I don't really know where the land is. <laughs> I'll never see the land. But <laughs> You'll never see it, but you're buying. But I own it. You're paying for it's it. It's mine. <laughs> wow, yeah. It sounds like you're buying into a lie. So you went down that path. <laughs> yeah, so I um, went down that path. This and is where I, I usually get myself in trouble, by the way. Coffee and uh, cerveza. No, 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 no. That doesn't. No, <laughs> talking about the corporate world, oh, okay. I get a little fired up. Yeah. Did you? Did you have some experience with it? Uh, did some internships there. Have some funny stories, but just wasn't my thing. And everyone that I worked with knew that. Yeah, I could see. You so know, I was just kind of like the black sheep, whatever <laughs> outcast, and because everybody knew, like I'd do interviews out of college, and I literally got asked once, "What are you doing here?" you can't stop talking about all like this CrossFit stuff and all these other things. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's actually a good point. You opened my eyes today. Maybe I should go work for CrossFit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so at the time that I was working for Hewlett Packard, I got asked to, to coach the dance co-coach the dance team at CU or not CU at Boulder high. Mm. So I, it like came full circle and now I was coaching the team that I used to be on, um, with the, coach that I danced for when I was at CU so she got hired on for that job and she asked me to help her so I did that and why I bring that up is because that essentially started me off into the world of coaching and why Mm. I liked it and what you know I got so much more out of that I mean we were spending hours on hours you know the dance team practices for like two hours two and a half hours five days a week and she and I would switch like she would she would do three days a week. I do two. And then the next week I would do three and I would leave from my job, my corporate job. And I would go do dance team stuff. Mm. And then we would have games that we had to go to these high school games and our girls had to dance at. And then we had basketball in the spring and football in the fall. And then there were summer camps and they competed and they went to state in December. And so there was all types of I mean, mm-hmm. it was so endless amounts of time and you are not getting paid money. I mean, you're getting paid very little. Mm-hmm. like stipend at the end of each season right yeah and um I didn't care like I was like I don't I loved coaching I loved watching people work hard and achieve something they didn't think they were going to be able to achieve and also this team setting was really fun and exciting um as a coach the parents were not fun oh <laughs> but um dance moms yeah that was not cool um and I didn't have a mom like that at all so like that was an interesting experience. But yeah, aren't dance moms like famously known for being a little worse than the rest? Seems like and it. Intense. I, I shouldn't say worse. Intense. Just, like, I remember having to have like a sit down meeting at a coffee shop once with moms that like this one mom that wanted to, she wanted the whole team to have new uniforms. And it was like, it's just not a small feat to do that. Yeah. And it's also really expensive. And there's lots of girls on the team who earn their way, but they're not just going to be able to fork over the money that is required to get a brand new outfit or yeah. brand new uniform or whatever it is. And then like 
they want it bigger bows. Like they want things that you're like, oh man, like we want to be better dancers. Like that's how you win. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you do better when you go to the championships and stuff or whatever, you know, the state comp- competitions. But um, it was it was an interesting, <clears throat> it was interesting to have, you know, be on the coaching side and deal with girls and their parents and sort of some of the dysfunction that happens in that. Yeah. But um, I did know at that time I loved coaching, and um, the co- that same coach was also coaching at CU, and she asked me to help her. So for a year, or maybe it was two years, I also coached at CU, co-coached or assistant coached, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, that really like opened up my eyes to I love coaching, and I hate corporate America. <laughs> I, Amen. <laughs> and so I um. I think, you know, so I got promoted when I was at my, my day job, I got promoted, which was like, oh, cool. Yay. Like better pay. And I was, I was on a good trajectory. Right. Like, but the promotion was You're to climbing ma- the ladder. Right. Totally. Made my next step on the rung. And there so, um, I, um, oh, where was I? So I, I got a promotion and my, oh, that was right. Right. My, um, job position now was to manage other people. Hmm. So there were four field marketers now under me and I was supposed to manage them. And to me, it was like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. And sure, that's when you get strategic and you start thinking of which ways that you want things to move. And I didn't like the idea of managing these. They were like boys. They were like you actually. Me? <laughs> they Am were. I a boy? <laughs> no, they were maybe I'm a little a younger. <laughs> Actually, gosh, how old were we? I was probably 26, 27. Oh, I'm 26 now? Yeah. So I was like you. I And they were around. Just like me, I'm they sure. They were around. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they were around my same age. So anyway, mm. they were coming out of college. A lot of them had just come out of college, two of them. And Anyway, I don't know. I just didn't love it. I didn't love managing people. I didn't want to like run around and feel like I was bossy. I didn't know like I didn't really need to be that way. And then I just sort of like felt like the overarching theme of corporate America to me was mediocrity. Everybody is just settling for mediocrity Hmm. and they're getting paid way too much money for it. And I hated that. There was not a good, there was just not a noble feeling in that. I was like, man, I get a lot of money for like, what am I doing? And like, what is, and it was such a big company too that maybe was part of it that was not awesome in terms of, anyway, so I started looking for other jobs. My first, my first thought was not to just jump off the ladder and quit. Wait, why do you say the whole mediocrity thing? Because it was like, people are barely working, Mm. working from home. Really, they're doing laundry and watching the, you know, clips of football that weekend. I mean, the salesmen, there were some salesmen that were busting their butts. Like I won't, I won't, you know, discount that. But I, I had a boss that lived in, I don't know, somewhere Northern California. And every time we were on calls, I just felt like everything was so fake. Mm. It was all just like, let's make it sound really good. Mm. And then like there were people I don't know. I just felt like I was could just smell the bullshit all over. Mm. <laughs> and so I didn't like it. I just I just thought it was like I just thought it was fake. I guess that really is the 
the the gist of it all felt really fake and it might have been my position might have been my company might have been I mean who knows I'm not like I guess I can't pin that generalize it on every company but I certainly felt like there were a lot of people making lots of money and I they couldn't I didn't know what they were doing with their job in their job role and I didn't want to be that I wanted to have a better purpose or a bigger purpose or a more influential and impactful purpose Mm. so I my first thought was, okay, I knew some people who, after the acquisition from the Left Hand Networks into Hewlett Packard, had ventured off, lost their jobs, been laid off, and went to other startups in Boulder and mm. were working in the tech fields in different places. And I got an email from a girl that was like, hey, come, you know, be this position at this company. Come apply. So I was like, okay, I'll try to get out of here and see if I can get a job I like somewhere else at something smaller. And I remember sitting in this interview with the director of marketing and he asked me like, where do you see your marketing career or what are you, what's your ultimate goal in, in marketing? And I remember spewing this just like line of shit. Mm-hmm. Like I just came up with a great eloquent answer of like, I aspire to be a marketing director for a company that blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I don't even remember what I said, but I remember having an answer that was like, felt good about. Mm-hmm. And I left the interview and I just was like, ugh, like, I don't want that. I don't want to be them. I don't want to be like that guy. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. Like, I just, it, I knew in that moment that was just not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, I came home that night. I lived with a friend on Pearl Street in this sweet, well, I was on Walnut in like 14th, in a sweet place. She was like, yeah, she was waiting tables at a restaurant. Like, you know, she was like a partier, all always going out doing crazy stuff. And I was like always working and, you know, had this like big job, if you will. And I remember thinking like, I came home that night and I was just like, that's it. I don't want this. And like called my mom and I was like, mom, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I was like, I, I like coaching. I like, I, I just don't care. I don't, I don't want to do this. And, um, I didn't have a lot of financial commitment to anything at that time. So it didn't really matter what I was making for income. And so I went into the office the next day. I called my boss or I sent my boss an email and telling her that I was quitting and she called me and we talked on the phone and I remember her being like, where, how are you going to have health insurance? Like that was her main question to yeah. me of like, you're quitting a job with benefits with salary and you're going to go back to waiting tables like you did when you were in college. And what are you going to, Oh, I'm going to get stung by a bee. <laughs> um, uh, what are you, how are you going to have health insurance? And I remember I'm like, I'm like your age. It's like, I don't care. Mm. Like, I don't care. Like yeah. I'll pay you out of pocket for a while. Like I yeah. don't care. Um, and so I, I quit. That was it. Two weeks. I was gone. And I felt so free. Like, I remember being like, wow, this is the best ever. It's noon and I am chilling on my balcony. (laughs) You know, like it was just on a Tuesday, you know, Mm -hmm. it was just like a really freeing, freeing time. And I was waiting. I went back to waiting table. I worked at the cork in Boulder, right down over here. Super awesome. Mm -hmm. Good restaurant. And, um, I started well, so during my time working in corporate America, I also had a trainer at 24 hour fitness and I went to him like two or three times a week and I worked out 
and I also woke up in the morning and I worked out in the morning and I, I always like have worked out, hmm. but I was learning from him like training and different things, you know, just yeah, yeah. being the student of a trainer. What type of training were you doing? Well, it was a, he was a wrestler in college yeah. or like I think either high school or college. And so he did a, we did a lot of conditioning stuff, a lot of c- different conditioning drills, but he also would have me do like random stuff too. That was just like kind of fun. So I remember we did like hurdle, a lot of hurdle stuff. And he was the first person that introduced me to Olympic lifting. Um, back then a place like 24 hour fitness didn't have like Olympic lifting platforms or anywhere that you could really throw around weight. So there wasn't a lot of like dropping weight, but he taught me like squat, all different types of squatting. And I learned, I just, I learned a lot from him, a lot of the basics from him. And I, I was learning it even though I wasn't necessarily trying to learn it. You know what I mean? And, um, I loved it. I loved when he would like give me these crazy ass intervals that's, that were just brutal. I just wanted to work harder. It was like, it was fun to me. Um, and so that happened during that whole time. So then when I quit and was waiting tables at the cork, I was like, I'm going to study and get a, a, a CPT. What is it called? Certified personal training yeah. certificate. So I bought like all the books and all the stuff. And I just would like sit and read in between shifts, like all the time. And then I took the test and I had it and 24 hour fitness will hire anyone. So <laughs> if you have your certification, so I started there that's where I started. And oh, yeah. I learned a bunch of stuff from everyone there too. I mean, the thing I hated the most about that was I was right back in corporate America, but this time I was a salesman mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't see that coming cause yep. I didn't know, but mm. they want you to sell, sell, sell. It's all about selling more, more, um, tr- sessions and this, that, and you get a bonus for that and you, whatever, you know? And, um, I hated that too. So I knew two other trainers at the time that had gone to like boutique gyms out around Boulder and took their clientele with them essentially. Yeah. And when you do that, you can drastically cut down the price that the person is paying Mm -hmm. and you make way more money. Yeah. Um, and so I remember telling myself like, I'm going to quit corporate America and for a couple of years, I'm going to see if I can make it work. Yeah. And so I did and it worked. Um, and I've been a trainer now for like 10, 11 years. What type of people were you training at first? And then how did it eventually evolve into CrossFit training? Um, well, well, I'm not a CrossFit coach, so it's never turned into like CrossFit training. Gotcha. But I forgot. I can't yeah, say that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> a, I don't, I'm not a coach. I, although I do have a level one. I do yeah, have yeah. a level one. So, but, um, yeah, so I started with, I mean, really I had like a plethora of people that span across the age groups, right? Like, one of my first clients that I still work with all the time is CJ. I, I t- like spent for a, like I spent CJ a while. Who? Monaco. Oh, Roots. yeah. Okay. I um, started working with her like early on, really early on, like right when I left 24 hour fitness and um, she, I after I found CrossFit, I tried to get her into it for a while. And then finally she jumped in. Mm. Yes. <laughs> she's so strong like she t- absolutely ne- yeah she, is she needed strong. to like have that the daily uh, like ability to do it every day yeah, yeah, yeah um and personal training is really expensive and so mm-hmm. only certain people really can like fork over that kind of money month over month right mm-hmm. um anyway so I had a lot of different types of clients but um it was good experience l- working with lots of different people and then it's just been referrals and uh, you know people who knew people Ever since I have a few people who I've trained since from the beginning. 
her and maybe two other clients are, are still with me. So like 10 years of, mm. of training, right? And really now, most of my clients are, I mean, I have, I have like a roughly, roughly around 14 people that I see regularly. Some of them two times a week, sometimes three, but, and sometimes only one. Mm. But I would say 70% of them are 55 and older. Mm. Um, That's cool. It is cool. Like I, one of the reasons why my knee problem I'm trying to be really smart is because I've done nothing but listen to people who are a lot older than me mm. and watch them move and, and understand that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're all headed in the same direction, right? Like we are all going to have degradation of joints at some point. And like, if you are stupid about it, it's way worse a lot sooner. Mm. Right. And I think working with those older people has really like opened my eyes to that. Um, and I appreciate them probably more than they tell me they appreciate me, you know. Mm. Um, they have such an appreciation for being able to move their bodies and move yeah. and continually move their bodies. I would say most every one of them has said something that it's important to them to be able to get down and up off the floor so they can play with their grandkids. Okay. Um, but you work with old people, older people too. Yeah. So you kind of probably get that. They also have like sort of just this joy and this like mostly, you know, carefree attitude about stuff. And they just oh, yeah. want, you know, like. They'll say anything they want. Totally. And they won't and, care what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they appreciate stuff that I, I just think it's, I love, I love that group of people. I totally do. So yeah. I, I get that a lot. Like you guys were doing the speed ladder drills the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the ball and stuff. I do that stuff all the time It's so much them. fun. And they love it and yeah. it's helpful to them. And it's hard for them. Oh, it's totally. amazing. Be like, okay, now do it backwards. And they get better at it. And you're like, oh, wow. Totally. And they're like, this is hard. Oh, there's a visitor. Absolutely. This is my dog. Oh. Her name is Lucy. Hi, Lucy. She kind of goes back and forth between both houses. Gotcha. At her own. She has a good yeah. life, I think. You know, it's like yeah. we, we don't fence her in and she doesn't run away. She just goes anywhere, yeah. wherever she wants. That's just a great life for anyone in general. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But they're cool too, because it's like you're like you're training. We train everybody in CrossFit for like everyday life and being better at it. But you can see it so much, like with them, like it's literally like just keeping the ability and improving upon the ability to pick things up, move through joint up. range of motion, yeah, have balance. It's crazy. Cause, I know, because it's hard to get like someone my age, younger, middle age, whatever, to actually see that, because it's not necessarily happening to them right now. But oh, it's yeah. like if you stay on the path you're going gonna happen to you a lot sooner than you want it to absolutely and yeah i think we all get so stuck in like i want to lift heavier weights and i want to get stronger and and like so do i i mean we all do but it's within certain confines because like there is some at some point we will all not be able to lift what we used Mm. to lift yeah and you've got to so i don't know but i i just i think they're so great and i love having them as my clients and if i could you know I wish I could actually do what you have, which is like have them all together in a group because, mm. um, so I also got a master's degree and my master's degree has, um, had like a, a portion of the credits in sports psychology and in sports psychology, there's a lot of theory in motivation and like how are people motivated and why. And the theory around all of that is there's a theory that, um, discusses like three kind of principal reasons why people are mo- are are driven or motivated in anything and um, like any domain. But 
one of them is relatedness. So when you feel like you have a like you're related to this other person in some way, you're motivated to do something with them or together or whatnot. And they the research shows that older people are highly motivated in that like the very the, the I'm not speaking very well of this, but they're mostly motivated by relatedness. Um, instead of the other two are autonomy and competence. And you think about like little kids are more driven by competence or for the most part, either autonomy or competence. You like have a little kid and they want to show you every little thing that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Like watch me do a cartwheel or watch my handstand or whatever it is. You know, yeah, they yeah, want yeah. you to like watch them kick the ball. And uh-huh. that's like them, they're motivated by the fact that they're realizing that they can do stuff and they have competence mm-hmm. in that. Or you also have the little kids who absolutely need to have some say and control in the matter, which is the sense of autonomy. Like they want a choice. Mm. And one of the like one-on-ones to parenting is like, if your kid, if you're trying to get your kid to do something and they don't really want to do it, offer them two options. Either one, you would want them to choose and then mm. they'll choose and they'll do something because they got to choose. Yeah. Okay. So this idea of, of, of autonomy and like having the locus of control. And so, but old people, older people are driven by this this relatedness factor and that is group fitness that is silver sneakers that is mm. legends class at roots like the real they legends, like each other yeah not those, the... i don't like those legends <laughs> like the real legends um but yeah like they so anyway I, it, and i think they just they all adhere to it better so i've yeah. kind of got that a little bit on uh, two nights of the week i i kind of i i wanted it to be a barbell class but it's really not because you can't just put certain people under barbells you really can't yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay as much as you want to you know but anyway so yeah uh that's why i like training the clientele the most of the clientele yeah. that i have and how did you get into crossfit and then how'd you get into competing in crossfit because you haven't been in crossfit that long not really um like june or so of 2019 well so in april of 2019 i moved here to where we're at with my husband and my daughter and my parents moved out of here and moved to Eastern Colorado. Mm. And I, so I found myself back in Boulder before we owned a house that we still own, but it's out in Frederick and it's far away. And my life was always driving. I worked in Boulder, but I lived in Frederick and mm-hmm. there was just not a lot of extra time to spend in Boulder. And I had, I knew of CrossFit from like years back, probably like 2010, I want to say, I had the first person ever um, was an older sister of a friend, a really best friend from high school or from elementary school, actually. We were out at a bar in Denver and she's like, Jess, you got to do CrossFit. And I was like, what's CrossFit? And she's like, it's just this crazy workout stuff. You got to do it. You'd be so good at it. I remember that day. And I remember thinking, huh, CrossFit. And then like nothing since like, you know, didn't no no other thought about it. I just remember that day. And I remember thinking like I should look into CrossFit. But I never really did. And then obviously life ensued and I went on and I was a trainer. And so I was already in gyms and I was already lifting weights and I was already working out and I was already running and I already felt really good and I already liked what I was doing. So I never really had a reason, I guess, to venture into it. But when I came back, I always thought to myself, oh, maybe I will. Maybe I will try it at some point. Um, And that sort of speaks to that. I just thought it would be like another thing I would try at some point. Mm. and when I was finally back in Boulder and Roots was close by, I remembered that that gym had just always it had been there for a long time. 
And I remember thinking to myself, well, this could be a good time to actually try CrossFit because I'm back in a place where the the gym must be a good gym if it's in Boulder and it's been around for a long time. Mm. That was like my logic. It's like, so I won't be walking to a CrossFit gym and get like bad coaching or it won't be a, a dangerous place because it's obviously well established with people who keep coming back to it. Yeah. So um, in April, I moved in or moved back here. And then in June, I like, or maybe late May, I can't remember. I walked into Roots and I had my first workout with Amy Joe, and there was this girl, um, I think her name was Sarah. Wow, I can't remember her name. But we her whiteboard name was Fuego and she had a really good engine. Um, and she, they kicked my butt. It was so great. It was like, there were only three of us and Eric was our coach. And <laughs> The, the workout, I remember, everybody remembers their first CrossFit workout, right? Like my work, the workout was, um, it was called opposite day. And I, I think in, in my understanding at this point, EC was doing the programming for roots. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but I think, and so just it, start rumors. Go ahead. I know. I know. Right. No, <laughs> I, I really think that was, that's true, but I could be wrong. Cause I had no idea mm-hmm. what, what anything was at that point, but, um, it was like 30, 20, 10 or something like that. And it was a slam ball and a wall ball. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking, wow, wall balls are so hard, but like, you don't really realize how bad they suck yet. Cause it's like your first time, but you're like, okay, th- that was hard. Anyway, they both totally kicked my butt, but I remember thinking that was really fun. And I also remember thinking I couldn't throw the wall ball, um, weight that mm. they were throwing. Like I like physically, I just couldn't, I could not hit a 10 foot at that time. Everything was a 10 foot target at roots. Did, yeah. did you, were you there when that was still the case? Uh, yeah, that kind of, that recently changed. Yeah. Not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking it was so far away and there was no way I was going to ever be able to throw a 14 pound mm. ball to the 10 foot target. And, um, but I, I didn't, I was comparing myself to nothing cause I had no idea. So I didn't mm. care. I just knew that I got my butt kicked. It was a really hard workout and I liked it. Yeah. So anyway, this, I mean, the rest is history. It was like, I was, I was in there the next day. It was deadlifts. I was like, yes, I love deadlifts. Like yeah. then, and then it was like, I came back, like yeah. I had a foundations class and I came in for the class later that day. I remember McDonald being like, weren't you here earlier? And I was like, yeah, but it was barely a workout. Yeah. <laughs> and and what did he say? And he was like, okay, okay <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that. And, um, then that was the year that the open was in October oh yeah so I had no yeah right and I I didn't know how weird that was like I had no clue and now I'm like oh that's really weird and there was one in the spring too it was like there it was weird yeah I can't remember how it went I think it was already fall so it was like six months well I missed whatever happened in the spring of that year yeah but then all of a sudden the open yeah and I remember it being like not that important or it it was but it wasn't yeah and I remember that I remember that the bigger picture was that everybody at roots was doing this intramural thing where we had a team. And so that's kind of what I thought it was. And I was like, okay, cool. So I didn't even sign up online because I was like, whatever, like, why do I have to sign up online? Like we're doing it here. I don't know. I just didn't really, anyway. Um, and I remember the first workout was, um, snatches and burpee bar jump overs. And, um, it was like eight or 10 rounds of 10 and eight. I don't remember. It was 20, 20.1 was my first, my first one. Wasn't it like 10 and three or something? No, no, it was like, it was like 
10 snatches, eight burpee bar, burpee jump overs, whatever, or like the other way around. It was like eight mm-hmm. and 10, and I can't remember how many. Or no, was it an AMRAP, maybe? No, I don't know. No, you're wrong. I can't remember. It wasn't an AMRAP. <laughs> I can't remember how but many. I think it was, I think just it was ground overhead, too. I think you could do it any way you wanted to. Oh, you're right. And it was no, super you're light. Right about that. And it was burpee. It was just like burpees over the bar. It was just a hell burner. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. just go to a dark place. Yep. And I totally did. And I didn't realize, like, I'm like, okay, we're racing. Like, I got into CrossFit. I'm like, okay, this is like a race. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's Everything's go. a race, right? Every day we race, you know? And I thought that was fun. I mean, it was like, execute with high intensity. I was like, okay, no problem. Let's no go. No problem. Um, and I liked that. It was like, the, yeah. And I actually have learned a little bit about, like, when you lean into the pain, the yeah. physical pain of, like, a workout like that. Uh, yeah. There's some sort of, like, physical markers that you can measure mm-hmm. that certain people do that. Yeah. more mm-hmm. and actually kind of get I don't know that it's really pleasure but something out of that that's such a good feedback loop that they want to lean I really think that like I have that because I don't know why I, mm. I do that just like to do it and I even will start being like man I'm not going to do that and then like it will happen and, and like, I'll just go oh I'm going to go a little harder I think I can go harder I think I can do it more I can go faster <laughs> <laughs> and I realize it's like slightly, slightly crazy but I don't know it happens yeah. it, happens, it like almost happens to me yeah Anyway, so that was my first open workout, and I remember beating the girl, Sarah. I think her name was Sarah. Gosh, if I get, I'm getting that wrong, that's going to be bad. But anyway, Fuego, I beat her by like a couple seconds. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I beat, I beat her. Because like three months before that, she kicked my butt in yeah, the other yeah, workout. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so I was hooked, yeah. just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, just keep doing this. Yeah, I'm just going to keep do coming, more of this. I'm just coming back. Come yeah. back. Then you started again. competing. And yeah, and it also, it sparked back that feeling from 20 years before when I was a gymnast and like the skills were hard. And mm. I also, when I walked away from gymnastics, I mean, I did not do gymnastics mm. hardly at all. And mm. so it was like, almost like I felt like I was coming back to gymnastics a little bit. Mm. And in some ways, obviously I was. And there were things that I sucked at so bad. I mean, I still feel like I suck at ring muscle ups, but it's like... I love that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something always to get better at. Yeah. And, Is that a telescope? That's a telescope. Oh. Yeah, you want to come down and look at the stars? Yeah, maybe? actually, sometime. <laughs> I'm a big fan of space. Yeah? Cool. It's intriguing. It's it is amazing. It is amazing. Space is amazing. It is. Um, I also enjoy the idea that you, that, you, know, you are looking out at something bigger because everything we do in life almost is focused on, like, something littler and in like front right of us. here yeah yeah like the idea of that like we're so minute mm-hmm. on the planet what do you think's at the end of space more space you don't think there's anything like a door at the end a door wow. like do you think it's like you ever played mario kart before um yeah like you know like back. you can't go out of bounds and it just like hits you back in oh, the bounds yeah, yeah well, sometimes yeah. you can but sometimes you just hit and come back in yeah do you think it's like that and then you just get pushed right back into yeah. the universe. Like you just like hit the wall. Boom, I don't know. Boom, but boom, maybe Elon boom. Musk will someday be able to figure it out for maybe. us. <laughs> That's the great mystery of the world. <laughs> so do you want to go to the games or what? <sighs> Is that a goal or? You know, it's funny. It's like, how do you, I, you, it, do you know if you're good enough? But you know, I think you never know if you're good enough. Unless you keep Unless trying. Unless you try. You never know until you try. Because, you know, I was like, I didn't think I would do as well as I did at this master's competition at all. Like in the qualifier, I was like 14th or something like that. And so I just thought, well, whatever, we'll just go have fun, work mm. out for a little bit and see what happens. And I did a lot better. And given the tests were a little bit better. Um, but 
you know, you never, I, what I realize in like listening to people talk too, it's like nobody knows if they're good enough until just they make it one day. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of really cool. And I, it definitely spurs me on. I think if I can stay healthy enough, I'm going to have to be a little bit more strategic about my training, just working around injuries at this point yeah. and trying to mitigate them. But yeah, I mean, cool. I don't know if I'll ever be good enough. I don't know if I'll ever be strong enough, but I sort of have it in the back of my head that, you know, strength is slow anyway. Yeah. And Olympic lifting is a, such a high skill. And that is one of my weaker things that like take the next couple of years and focus on that more than yeah. grinding out all these crazy Metcons and trying as hard as I possibly can on every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really all that productive at some point. It's like the, the, the things I didn't do as well at in the competition were kind of those next level, higher skill gymnastics, higher strength barbell work combinations you know like the legless rope climb uh thruster i didn't do bad in it i finished on the time cap i was middle of the road but i could be a lot better at that if i Mm. you know trained that sort of tier of workout more um those are the types of workouts in crossfit like class that don't come around as much and Mm -hmm. i think that's where i've sort of i some of the like schizophrenia of training that i have is like what do i do like do i hire a different coach i mean almost every single girl that i competed against had a coach Mm. um or yeah i mean has has an outside coach of some sort right Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of them have like i mean there was like the invictus crew that had like their own media team i mean they're all they're taking it very seriously like and i think like another little thing i've learned is like you have to take yourself seriously in it if you really want to go and Mm. you really want to make it yeah and it really does have to be a huge it's a huge sacrifice it takes a lot of time and i think I would never not want to go, but mm-hmm. it can't be at the expense of like doing a bad job parenting. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not being there for my own daughter mm-hmm. or my own husband and the life that you have to keep together. I already feel like I ask a lot and I'm not even training at that level necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, now having said that my life is set up really well I have some perks of the fact that I am a trainer and have time during the day a lot yeah. of the time chunks of time that that I can get stuff done so for you know as far as training and I have a garage gym and all this stuff so it's like I have probably everything I need at my disposal um I think I'm gonna take the next few weeks and try to see if I can help my knee to heal a little bit on its own mm. I don't want to just like jump under a knife if I don't have to. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, right. It's like once you get once that's opened up, you know, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> gonna just gonna keep opening that up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. say yes or no. But I think like I like working out. I like CrossFit. I like training hard. I like working hard, and I'm gonna keep after it. Mm. We'll see what happens. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end. You got anything else? I don't think so. We'll see what happens. That sounds good to me. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for listening to me.